0: Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo.
1: It's a bye week edition of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovee, of course, I'm on WGR Sports Radio 550. He is on television, Channel 7, WKBW-TV in Buffalo. You enjoying your bye week so far this week? Yeah,
0: it's been a pretty good one. I've been working a lot because actually I have to take off next week, not this week. Mm -hmm. Everybody can know I'm having foot surgery next week. That's what I have to do next week. Yeah, exactly. So I needed to fit it into a time in the schedule when there was a bunch of home games. So it's three or four home games. So that's kind of my thought process because they told me they don't know how long the recovery is. It could be anywhere from a week to like four weeks. So that's I spent my bi-week working this week. So I could have a little bit of an easier week next week. So Sal, the next time you see me, I don't know if I'm going to be on a Tommy Doyle scooter or if I'm going to be on crutches going up to the press box for the Packers game,
1: but you are working. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I'm going to work. Definitely on game day next week. I'll work from home a little bit, but I'm going to have my feet up and I'm going to be trying to watch as many movies as possible.
1: All right. So two questions. Number one. Yeah. If you were a hockey player, would it simply be a lower body injury?
0: A hundred percent. It would be, and nobody would know the timeline. Nobody would know the recovery. Nobody would have any idea what exactly was going on.
1: It would just be lower body injury day to day. Okay. Number two, if you were on the Buffalo bills, would they have to put you on IR IR to save a roster spot or would you be able to come back in time?
0: Uh, no, they would have to put me probably on IR from the minute they saw me. Cause I was na- I'm never going to contribute anyway. So <laughs> me with a bum foot is like even lower than I would have already been able to contribute. Did you see all this stuff? about the media combine this week that they were doing I in did. Houston, a lot I of did. people said you would win. A lot of people said Perino would win. Not one person said I would win, <laughs> which means everybody who's listening or watching our work is very smart. Cause I would not win, but well, everybody, you, you know, you guys would do well.
1: I think I do. Okay. Um, I, I am going to be 50 in April, but you know, I still keep in shape and I, the football skill, part of it would, you know, obviously help me a lot, you know, catching mm-hmm. balls and throwing balls. That would be pretty cool. It is cool. They did that with um, the media in Houston. And I don't know, maybe the bills will do that someday. Now, before I move on to football stuff, you talk about your foot surgery next week. Have you heard, cause I've talked about it a bit on the radio. Have you heard what I'm doing this weekend? No, I have not actually. Okay. So long story short, Yankees beat the guardians in game five. Yana, my wife looks at me and says, when do they play Yankee stadium? What's the schedule? I said, ah, Saturday. She said, well, the bills are on a bye," And I'm like, yeah, she goes, why don't you take Max? Uh, no, first of all, it's way too expensive. I can't. I got to find flights. She said, I just looked at flights. They're not that bad. You guys can go. I'm like, oh, my God. Really? I don't even have tickets for the game. Heck with it. We are doing it. I bought two Love tickets it. flying Saturday morning, taking Max, to New York City. We got with some friends in New York City. It was a very, very, very hectic Wednesday for me to track down and find and get tickets and pay for them and all that kind of stuff. But bottom line is we are going to be at game three. My son and I with some friends in New York, uh, my friend, his wife and his two sons, and we're going and uh, it's going to be a great time. And we're going to stay and walk around Manhattan on Sunday and then come back Sunday night together. We're gonna have a boys weekend, basically.
0: That's really cool. It's going to be an awesome experience for Max. It's going to be an awesome experience for you too. Yeah. What a thing to be able to do with your son. And I actually have to piggyback off this conversation. So, okay. Sal, which baseball team do I root for? Do you know? Um, Hold on. Are you an Astros fan? No, 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 oh, okay. no, 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 I'm a Red Sox fan. Oh, Red Sox. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. How about this? I didn't know that. I am rooting for the Yankees. Mm. I hate the Astros. I, a I, hate, question. I, hate, I hate the Yankees too. Like, don't get me wrong. I really sure. enjoy watching the Yankees lose. That being said, I am not such like a, to me, I grew up a Red Sox fan because I liked how different it was from everybody else around me. I grew up a red Sox fan because my best friends and their father were Yankees fans, a couple houses down and they had the whole like red Sox bathroom with red Sox toilet paper. And you know, it was like all Yankees, everything. And they, you know, they hated the red Sox. My father, has never been a big baseball guy, especially after the strike in the nineties. Now he rooted for the blue Jays before the strike. And then after that, he's like, nah, I'm just out on baseball. So I had a blue Jays fan in my house. I had Yankees fans next door. I was just like, give me a team. This was in like 2002. I was like, just give me a team that isn't those. And everybody's like, oh, the Red Sox. So I've rooted for the Red Sox basically since, but I'm not some diehard Red Sox fan. And because of that, I think I dislike the Astros more than I dislike
1: the Yankees. Well, look, I mean, you're not alone. I I've heard this. In fact, our friend John Scott from Spectrum News, he said, I asked him, I had him on the radio. He's a huge Guardians fan. He hates yeah. the Yankees. And I said, Well, that said, are you gonna just you're gonna root for the Astros? He said, No, I actually wanna work for him, it's more about American League, actually, which is interesting, right? Because a lot of people they'll go with the American League versus the National League, but you're not alone in that. And um, I think the Yankees are kind of in a way, even for people who hate them, carrying the torch to beat this Red Sox, this Astros team who um you know, because of the cheating scandal and all of that. But I also understand people definitely hate the Yankees. We will not be hating. In fact, here's the best part about it. We'll move on to football. Didn't even know it when I made these plans. Garrett Cole's pitching that game. Very cool. So Very how cool, cool is that? Do we get to do that? And it's going to be 70 degrees, Matt in New York all weekend, just like, Buffalo. Gonna,
0: yeah, I was going to say, it's supposed to be an unbelievable weekend here. And with you going to the baseball game and me having the foot surgery on Monday, I think it's the last real weekend for golf this season. So go. I'm going to try and play <laughs> as much as I can, as much Love as it. my wife lets me play. Because yep. if it were up to me, I would play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then heck, maybe I'd even play <laughs> Monday morning before the
1: surgery. Well, I'll, I'll, she should let you play just because you're going to be, uh, you're going to be feeling and not able to play after your foot surgery, but that'll be uh, very cool. So, let's just look big picture at the bills right now. Uh, Let's look back at the first six weeks. Look ahead. The unofficial second half of the season. You always kind of count the bye week a little bit when it's like that. They do. They definitely have more than half their games left. First of all, what if anything can you point to that they need to improve on? Like, do you don't like, and I don't mean to be negative, but there's always things in the bye week The reason I bring this up is they will go back and self scout. They'll say, what do we need to improve on? Where do we need to be a little bit better? Is there anything that stands out to you that, you think, you know what? Hasn't gone as well as planned. Maybe they need to be a little bit better here in this area. This is going to sound nitpicky, but when
0: it's going to talk- be nitpicky when you're five and that, one, that's what I mean. They're five and one. I think they're the best team in
1: football. I
0: still think they really struggle in short yarded situations. Agreed. And I am more confident with them converting a third and seven, third and eight, third and nine than I am with them converting a third and two. And that's a problem when you have as much talent as they have. So I think one of the things for me offensively is, okay, how can you be better in those short-yarded situations? Because they're already one of the best teams in third-down conversion in the league. But a lot of those are longer than third-and-one, third-and-two, third-and-three. I don't think they trust any of their running backs enough to just turn around and hand the ball off. But they've also shown that they can't always convert them passing the ball either they did that against the chiefs they struggled their first three drives they weren't able to convert those third and short situations and they only got three points because of it so i think that would probably be my biggest concern which speaks to how good this team is that that's where i'm going to
1: yeah i like it that would be the number one thing for me um short yardage conversions i think i wonder about personnel usage a little bit here too now this isn't a they got to be better here. I wonder about it though, which is what's going on with James cook. What's going on with Dawson Knox. They haven't really utilized some of their players. I think in areas where, Hmm, I thought maybe you'd get a little bit more out of that. Right. And I wonder if that's because the defenses are dictating it. I wonder if it's because they're not doing not in Dawson's case, obviously he would be great at practice, but is James cook, not, you know, getting the playbook enough in practice the game plan, things like that. Is it simply as he's putting the ball on the ground. And then I do look at the slot spot and could they get more out of that, Matt? You know, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie didn't have a great game last week against Kansas City. I'm putting the fumble on Josh Allen, by the way, so everybody knows. Josh Allen, to me, that was a fake jet sweep, and Isaiah's just carrying out his fake, and Josh didn't have anything, so he went back there, and it surprised Isaiah. But mm-hmm. Isaiah did not have a, a great game, and he's also had a couple other you know times this year, like in, in L.A., first opening night, drops the intercept, drops the pass, it goes to an interception. I like Isaiah McKenzie. He's fine. I really like Khalil Shakir. Are they getting enough out of that spot I wonder as well.
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think they are. Um, I think that that still doesn't mean that there isn't a role for Isaiah McKenzie or a role for Khalil Shakir. I think maybe the growing pains are a little bit larger than we thought they would be. I think Isaiah McKenzie deserves playing time. I think he's still the wide receiver 3 on this team. I still think he's a weapon and he's a potential mismatch for the Bills, but I do think they have missed the Mr. Reliable Cole Beasley that they've had the last couple of years of just like, okay, you're playing zone. We know we've got a guy who can break zone. Okay. You're going to play man. There's going to be a mismatch somewhere with one of the top three receivers. And I know I'm going to have an opening. So yeah, I, I think that's a fair criticism. I also don't think it's something that's holding them back right now. And I think the fact that they've gotten through this part of the schedule with maybe more to be desired from their wide three, wide receiver three position speaks to what they might become if they start to get even a little bit more production, Agreed. or if they go sign somebody or trade for somebody.
1: Yeah, and that's a. We, let's get into that now. let might as well just t- touch on that now. Do you? What are the percentages? I would say. Would you say that they would trade for? A player in any caliber could be a total bottom number 53 on the roster or somebody who's majorly impactful. 75% really? I'm going the other way. I think it is very minimal. They do that. See, I, we just had this
0: conversation. This is great. yeah, we just had this conversation on our show the other day on channel seven with Murph and with Joe B Okay, and Murph was much more of the mindset, kind of the are in. we're like, listen, this team is gelling at the perfect time. You've got a really well-built roster. You probably have enough. You have what it takes probably to win, regardless of what you do. Mm-hmm. My point and Joe's point was this might be the best window you've ever had. Right push the chips in now is not the time to stop being aggressive. And the thing that I keep coming back to is I don't think anybody cares if you lose some of your draft picks, if you go all in to try and win a super bowl, I know hindsight's a heck of a thing. If they win, of course, nobody will care. If they come up short, then people are going to be like, man, you know, you tried to put a band aid on this. And then you, now we don't have a third round pick. Now there's not a second round pick. I think any
1: piece of capital that isn't a first round pick, should be in play for the bills. Okay. So I don't disagree with any of that. Like, I think you're right. If it, what Joe said is right. What you said is right. I'm of the same mindset. This is your window. You do whatever it takes. Look at the Rams last year by going and trading for Von Miller. But that said, I do think that Brandon Bean really thinks about what that costs this team for the future. And does it really fit in our locker room? All the kind of things that it's not just as simple as that guy's a great player. Let's go out and get him. If you're going to, let's just say hypothetically, Let's say you could get Christian McCaffrey and you, even, even if you're okay, I'm, I'm okay with the price tag. It's going to be high, but I'm okay with it. Doesn't getting a guy like that almost have to have you change your offensive philosophy of, well, are we going to have to hand off more to justify the asset? Mm-hmm. because We have this great quarterback and job. I think all of that stuff has to be considered by Brandon Bean. Do you have to change your defense in any way? If you get somebody, do you have to change what you do as far as wide receivers? Maybe not as much on that position as others. But I think they think about the whole body and the whole structure of the team, the locker room, the organization. And by the way, here's the other point, Brandon Bean. They just got a six round pick who started in Christian Benford, a mm-hmm. fifth round pick. Who's contributing at Khalil Shakir, Matt, they're going to need their draft picks over the next couple of years because a, they hit on them. They're good at them. And B their salary cap with Josh Allen's number going. So up, they're going to need rookie contracts to make sure they contribute. And they, they need those draft picks. I have a take with that, though, a counterpoint.
0: I think they're very good at their early picks and their late picks. The middle picks are the ones that always seem to be the question marks. They take the longest to develop. And I feel like those middle picks are going to be the ones that can get you playable assets right now. So I don't think that I'm ever of the mindset of like, you need to go find somebody who is just going to be here this year. But if you can find somebody and I know it's not as realistic, this isn't the NHL. This isn't the NBA. You're not trading for a guy who's got a bunch of term who can be on your team for a long time. But I think it's likely that they make a move because I think they realize the window that they're in. And I think that these moves might be in places that surprise us a little bit. Maybe they aren't the superstar acquisitions that everybody is familiar with. Maybe they're interior offensive linemen who can be really great valuable depth pieces and who could kind of play if there's an injury that comes up or maybe it's a really strong rock solid second tight end that you Mm -hmm. think is going to be a nice complement to Dawson Knox who has a skill set that's different than Quentin Morris or Tommy Sweeney maybe it's a running back who you think fits better with Devin Singletary than James Cook has proven to be I think the piece that I'm most intrigued by still is wide receiver and whether that be going out and signing somebody or trading for somebody. I think if you have a situation or if you're in a position where you can just improve your wide receiver three, like I said, I think Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir should still be on this team. And I think they should still be getting ample playing time, but how do you stop this offense with a legit bona fide wide receiver as your third option? Like how, how do you stop a team? We'll just use him for the sake of conversation. How do you can how do you try and go up against Stefan Diggs, Odell Beckham, and Gabe
1: Davis? I don't think you do if you get the version of Odell Beckham that everybody hopes you get. I just I'm not sure you're going to. I think yeah, the man. idea the idea of Odell to me is much more fascinating than maybe what it actually is in application. I haven't seen him play. You haven't seen him play. He's coming off two ACLs over the last four or five years. Is 50% of Odell Beckham at his peak
0: better than what they have now? I'm not quite sure about that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but I don't the know thing, if it is. The reason I'm so intrigued by Odell. I think he's just another guy, then, if that's the case. I, I just It doesn't cost you anything. Like, I think the reward greatly outweighs the risk with him because you don't have to give up
1: anything for him. Right. That's not a trade. Obviously they could, yeah. they could do that. So I, I wouldn't be as opposed to signing Odell Beckham. I'm not opposed to them making a trade. I'm trying to put my, my, my in the mind of Brandon Bean, mm-hmm. and how he might think about this. Right. So yeah, it's a fascinating discussion. I don't really know. I, I guess my final point on how I think they think this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to think how they think. 100%, you brought yeah. up James Cook, right? I think they generally believe that when they need to do something like this, that they can maybe get it from their own building. I'm going to give you some names. James Cook, we just talked about it, hasn't been utilized as much. Can you get more out of him than you could from bringing a guy in? Duke Johnson is still sitting on your practice squad, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a guy that becomes an option? I think maybe they think there could be answers in their own building like they did. Look at everything that happened. How many times do we talk about this offseason, the corners and the secondary, and then Micah Hyde goes down? The answers were in their own building, and they never went Mm -hmm. out and got anybody because they didn't need to, and they knew they didn't need to. What would be the positions you say make the most sense? If they had the offensive line, I think you need more depth on the offensive line. The injury to Tommy Doyle. We'll see where that goes. Um, But I think that you could probably use a little more depth there because I am a little worried if one of your starters gets banged up and injured, what that looks like.
0: I also think there's room for improvement potentially with the offensive line, even if it's not just, we don't know what's going to happen with Spencer Brown. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Listen, Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morris are going to be the starters on this team, basically regardless of what happens this season. Uh, I think there's been a little bit more to be desired from Saffold and Bates. That's not to say that they're not serviceable starters in the NFL and they each do things well. I just think that if there's a potential chance to improve at one of those positions and then you give yourself the insurance policy of if somebody gets hurt, then you still have those guys you trust who can go onto the field. I think that's interesting. And then I wonder, would they go out and sign a safety? They really, right. Or trade for a safety? They would really you. like Demar Hamlin. They really do. But if they're sitting there and they're going, wow, we could go get this guy to play next to Jordan Poyer and then be an insurance policy in case something, because Jordan has been banged up this year. It also gives you the luxury of we are very far away from this. But if this season plays out how we think it's going to play out, I think we could be in situations where they were like against the Steelers, where they give guys who are banged up an extra week here and there mm-hmm. or an extra two weeks because they think they're going to win without them and you're just want to be 100% healthy for the playoffs. So that's why I think adding more bodies onto this roster that you think are just slight improvements over some of the guys you have there makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. And always money matters, right? We don't know either that they don't have a ton of money against the cap. The contracts matter what Odell would want or another free agent would want. That would always matter. All right. Enough of what they need and what they don't have. Let's talk about what they have. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from it's always game day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo bills, right on time, your time. In the car? Navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Matt, as we sit here today recording this, Matt and I are talking here on the night of October 20th. This is Thursday night. We're recording this pod. So when you listen, um, maybe the odds have changed. I doubt very much. Josh Allen is by far the clear favorite to win the MVP Mm -hmm. in the NFL at pretty much every sports book. I think it's justified. I don't think you would disagree. Is it really just that clear sailing for him? Is there anything other than him getting injured and missing time that would prevent him from winning MVP?
0: I think it's him and Mahomes. I think it's a two horse race. I think there's a couple other guys who might find their way into the conversation, but going into the year, Justin Herbert was a name that a lot of people were talking about. Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins were some MVP sleepers that some people were throwing around. I heard a couple of people talking about how great odds Russ Wilson had going into this season. I think for me, it's probably three guys because the MVP is a quarterback award at this point. You basically have to be the greatest player of all time in your position to win an MVP. If you're not playing quarterback and even still like what Cooper cup did last year was ridiculous. And he, I think got like a vote, maybe two votes or something. So I think it comes down to three people. And I think there's a pretty big gap between one and two and three. And to me, that's Josh Allen, one Patrick Mahomes, two, Lamar Jackson three. And I think Lamar with the struggles that his team has had and the second half struggles that he individually has had. That's why I think it's Josh one Mahomes two. right now. I'll give the edge to Josh just because he is playing probably the best football of his career aside from the playoff games last year. And it doesn't seem like he's going to slow down anytime soon.
1: Do you know that Patrick Mahomes is number three in the consensus odds right now? Who is number two? Jalen hurts. I got yeah, that's fair. That's, I mean, got a great, but this, team. I think this, this goes to show how far Josh is ahead, right? That yeah, just your reaction to, okay, I could see he's winning, but no one would think he's a MVP over Josh Allen, right? But yet he's ahead of Patrick Mahomes as the consensus MVP odds right now and the betting lines. And that to me just shows the gap between Josh and kind of the field at this point. And if they keep winning great for Jalen hurts, but he's not putting up any kind of the numbers that Josh is putting up.
0: No. And you can make the argument both ways. You can make the argument of like, wow, look how great they are as a team. So much of that is about the quarterback. But when I think of the Eagles this year and I have not watched, I think I've watched one or two Eagles games. So I don't want to be wrong about this. And maybe I am, maybe I'm just not giving him the credit that he deserves. But my read on the Eagles is that they're doing so well because they have dominant line play both offensively and defensively, and they've added some really nice weapons, and Jalen Hurts has been able to elevate them from a team that should be really, really good to a team that might be one of the best in the league. But it's not like Jalen Hurts, at least from my perspective, individually is lifting his team to victory every single week. I think it's a very well-balanced team. I think if you're an op- this doesn't have anything to do with the MVP race. I think if you're an opponent, you are much more terrified going against Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes Than you are going against
1: Jalen Hurts, at least at this point in his career. Without a doubt. I agree with all of that. On that note, I don't know the odds. I'd have to look them up, but I'm sure Nick Sirianni is pretty high up in the list as he should be. And we should note Nick Sirianni Jamestown native um, Western New York football family. His, his dad, was the head coach at Southwestern High School? His brother Jay became the head coach at Southwestern High School. Uh, I know the family very well. Obviously, we're real proud of Nick here in Western New York to see him doing so well out in Philadelphia. Can you imagine Nick Sirianni, Western New York native, going against the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl? That would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean it would be great. He's not a Bills fan. I actually did no. have a chance to talk with him at the combine, and we did a little bit of a story on him just because of the local roots and because he's kind of elevated himself into that conversation. I would guess who's the second favorite to win that award this year. Another guy from Buffalo.
1: Brian Dable, for sure. He might be the, he might be the favorite right now. I don't know exactly what the odds are, but you're right about that.
0: That's what I mean. Brian Dable. I just love the fact that they are having success. We've talked about on the podcast before. Brian Dable is just an outstanding human. He's such a cool dude. And to see him, kind of bring that same energy and edge to the giants and it lead to success on the field. I think speaks volumes to both one, him as a coach and two how great the bills have been these last couple of years that they can take a mind like that out of their locker room, a personality like that out of their locker room and still have continued success here. Brian Dable and the giants come to Buffalo next year, by the way, they do. It's not like it's going to be super long until we can be talking to Brian Dable again, but My goodness, I don't know who had the tweet, but a couple weeks ago when the Bills were flying high, pun intended, and the Eagles were doing their thing, somebody said, like, the United States doesn't have the infrastructure for a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl. I don't know who tweeted it, but it kind of went viral, and I just absolutely loved that. That
1: that And I think the second part of that tweet was something along the lines of – might have been a different tweet in itself – one fan base that just wants to fight everyone all the time, and the other fan base that just wants to break stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. We're the breaking stuff fan base, by the way. The other one's the fighting fan base all the time. We'll we'll love you and hug you, but we're going to jump through tables while doing it here in Buffalo. They they'll love you and hug you, then punch you in the face right away. Is Bro what the bat-
0: batteries? Yeah, right. They
1: they uh yeah. Remember they booed Santa Claus in That's Philly exactly. one time when he went to a um I think it was a uh, was it yeah it might have been actually at the bat at an Eagles game. They literally booed Santa Claus when he was on the field. All right, so. The Bills right now sit at five and one. Mm-hmm. They are not only the best record in the AFC, tied for the second best record in the NFL. Matt, the other three division leaders who are seeds two, three, and four, yep. they've beaten head to head. I know, which is incredible, right? I mean, this goes to show you how massively in front at this early stage the Bills are in front of the field in the AFC, and how much I'll say. Everything is right in front of them on a silver platter.
0: 100% it is. They really control their own destiny. We spent so much time in the offseason talking about surviving these first eight weeks of the season. So the first six games that they've played, the bye week, and then the game against the Packers. When we recorded the podcast and I was in the airport the other day, you had mentioned that the live line was Bills favored by four. Have you seen the updated line for the Packers game?
1: I have not. Eight and a half. Okay.
0: So that's more kind of where I thought it was going to be. Yes, that's right. So you think of where they are, and I think the Bills are the best team in football. I really do. They are going to probably lose a couple games that you don't anticipate that they lose. It's just what happens in the league. It happened against the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. It's probably going to happen a couple other times. But the head start that they have given themselves is such a luxury at this point that it really would require some mind-boggling losses down the road for this team to eventually squander away what would be one of the top couple seeds in the AFC. I I think it's got to be number one seed or bust at this point for the Bills, and I think they have a
1: very realistic path at getting there. Just because they lost at the Jacksonville Jaguars last year does not mean they're going to have a loss like that again. Can it happen? Absolutely. Could you see them Losing against a Jets team that's riding high and yeah. playing good football. Of course, those things can happen. Could they lose to Miami or to New England? Miami again, right? That the Vikings the Vikings are Vikings. good.
0: The Bengals are good. The Bills are better than all of these teams we're talking about. But it's still the NFL. You can still lose a couple right. of these games. What would be the number right now that you would sign
1: up for if you were a Bills fan? How many? Sign up for? Yeah. What would be your over-under? Um, I think that... If you told me, I'll guarantee you 13 wins right now, I think I'd take that because knowing they've already beaten Kansas city, Tennessee, and Baltimore, I think that would get them to number one seed. I I think they can get to 14 and that would be great. But if you told me 13 right now, I think they're safe.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think 13 means they're safe. (laughs) I also think that they could win more than that. They could win 15. I think anything less than 13
1: at this point would be a, would be a disappointment. Oh, for sure. I mean, how many games are left? That would be, they have 11 games left, right? Mm -hmm. If they only got to 12 wins, we're only talking seven and four, that wouldn't be a great record down the stretch.
0: No, it would not. And it also speaks volumes to how great their start is, because I still think they would have a chance at the one seed. If that's what they did, if they went seven and four down the stretch, right? It's interesting because of the other teams that are in that conversation as well. But if they win the games they're supposed to
1: win, they should easily be a 13 or 14 win team. Well, the bills are off this week, but not everybody's off. Of course, some teams, in fact, Hey, if you're a fantasy football player like us, lots of wide receivers are off this week, but the bills are not off. So let's take a look at what's happening around the NFL and what could shake out this week. And let's touch on a few of these teams, Matt. All right. Some big AFC games coming up. By the time you hear this, the saints Cardinals Thursday night game will be over. We'll see how that goes. Um, Browns Ravens Browns are two and four Ravens are three and three. They play Sunday, Matt. And I mean, it's almost like the Browns are just trying to hold on. It's not almost like they really are. They're just trying to hold on until Deshaun Watson comes back. And I think this is a big game for them to do that. They slipped a two and five and they're getting in some trouble. I agree. I think that that's a really interesting
0: matchup because of what they both do well. I think the Browns, if you just give it to Chubb, basically every play until you have Deshaun <laughs> Watson on the field, you probably are going to be hanging around in games longer than you deserve to. They've got some playmakers on the defense that could really change things, but I just don't see the Ravens falling to three and four. I still think the Ravens are one of the better teams in the league. I, I mean, they lose all of these close games. I think eventually they're going to start winning these close games. It's almost like what happened with the bills last year and the, can they win close games? So I, I think the Ravens are still a threat in the AFC. I still think they're one of probably the five best teams in the, in the conference right now, but I think it'll be a close game.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Ravens probably win, but I actually on my three dog Thursday picks on Thursday on the radio. I took the Browns to cover the six and a half points. I look back the last three times these two teams played, Six points, five points, two points, basically the spread, uh, the margin of victory, no matter who's playing, it seems like they always have close games. And I think lately Lamar, as you touched on the MVP conversation, it's kind of been a little inconsistent lately, right? Mm -hmm. We know that their defense hasn't been that great. So we'll see where it goes, but I think this is a big game for the Browns might be bigger for the Browns than it is the Ravens because the Ravens at three and three are still actually in first place in the AFC North. Speaking of AFC North, the Bengals are at home. So the Atlanta Falcons, who, by the way, can Arthur Smith get a little love for coach of the year? I think Arthur Smith has done a really good job. And if you're into gambling, Matt, the Atlanta Falcons are six and against the spread. No one's right. giving them love and they keep covering every week. Good teams win. Great teams cover <laughs> well on Falcons.
0: I still think the Bengals are the better team. I trust the quarterback for the Bengals. I trust the home team. I know the Bengals started the season slow. Their offensive line still looks putrid, even though they spent so many resources and money trying to fix it. But I
1: think the Bengals are the play here. I like the Falcons to maybe win this game. I think they're going to keep it close. They'll cover again. And I think they could win this. I think uh, Arthur Smith's doing a really good job. And by the way, I'm not a big fan of Zach Taylor. I mean, what has he done so far? they they can't get out of their own way on offense. It seems like they're not running the ball like they should. They still can't protect Joe Burrow. Um, But this is an interesting game for the AFC defending AFC champions. The Cincinnati Bengals at home. They do not want to slip to three and four. Obviously the Colts have a tie from earlier in the year against the Texans. They take on the Titans. And this is pretty much for first place in the AFC South between two teams that you're like, wait a minute. How are these two teams playing for first place in the AFC South at this point? I think the Titans are still a decent team. I
0: think going into the year, I would have had better expectations for the Colts. And I know they just had a huge day offensively against the Jags and they came back and won and all of that stuff. But I think the Titans, everybody just is immediately going to think of the game where the bills just blew the doors off of them. But I don't think that's a fair representation of what the Titans actually are. I think they're a more competitive team than that. I think if you had to play them again, they would be a much tougher out than that. That doesn't mean that I think they're a threat to win the Super Bowl or anything like that. I just think they're a better team than what Bill's
1: fans think of them, mm-hmm. knowing what happened in week two. Yeah, I think Indy's actually a better team than what they've been showing too. I don't know why they can't move the ball. Jonathan Taylor, they're horrible at running the ball yet. They have Jonathan Taylor. I don't I can't figure it out. Big win last week for them to come back, at least mm-hmm. against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Matt. Can the New York Jets continue to win and go to Denver and beat the Broncos who they cannot do anything offensively, but man, their defense is legit. I think so,
0: because I don't think that the Broncos can do anything offensively, which is ridiculous <coughs> when you consider who they have and their resources that they have and the weapons. I know they're out with the Javante's out for a long time, so now they got to leave on Melvin Gordon, or are they going to lead on Melvin Gordon? Who are they going to use? I still think. I think the jets are going to win that game. I'm, I'm drinking the jets Kool-Aid. I know the Broncos defense is good. I think the jets defense is great. Quinn and Williams looks like it's an absolute freak right now. And I don't know.
1: I just don't trust Hackett yet at all. I don't either. I mean, you have an ownership group there that just bought the team. They have so much money, Mm -hmm. they could move on from him pretty quickly. Even by the end of the year, it would not be surprising. It'd be kind of weird to see, but they have no ties to him. I agree with that. Russell Wilson. There's something not right with him. The jets can win. They can go to Denver and win. I don't think they will here. I think it'll keep it close. It'll be really interesting game for sure. The Texans one, three and one go to the Raiders. The reason why I want to bring up this game, even is just because this could kind of be an elimination game for the Raiders, right? The Texans, we didn't expect much from them anyway. And they've actually played some close games, better football than people probably think, or Mm -hmm. thought they would. But the Raiders, this could be an elimination game for them. When I say that, like in the, in terms of the AFC West, if they have any hope at all of catching the chiefs, the chiefs, you know, they're probably still going to be better than the Raiders, but you got to win. You got to beat the Texans. You got to get your second when you can't go one and six.
0: I think one Raiders, and five, I should say. Yeah. I I, I know what their record says. I still think the Raiders are in the top half of teams in the AFC. Wow. I really do. Okay. I think that they've played some close right. games. They've had some weird stuff happen. I would be much more scared playing the Raiders if I was a fan of a team and I was going against the Raiders, than I would be a lot of other teams. Like, I think the Raiders, here's a question. Do you think the Raiders are better than who's like a perfect middle of the road team in the the Patriots? Ooh, that's a really perfect middle of the road
1: team. I think I would say the Patriots slightly but not but that it's much. close it's close as um John Harris the sideline reporter for the Texans I had him on radio good friend of mine had him on on WGR and I didn't realize this he said "Sal, do you know how many AFC teams have at least 3 losses already through 6 weeks?" I said no, he said 10. It is. 10 AFC teams have at least 3 losses already. So think about the head start that the bills have on all of right. those
0: teams for anybody who's going to, that's why I really think, and I, I know we already talked about this, but I think it comes down to probably two or three teams and it's the bills, the chiefs, maybe the chargers. I don't know if they can figure it out, but the chargers and the chiefs still have to play each other. So that's going to be another loss. And they're in the division that we think is pretty good. So that's why I think the the, the you can see what the bills need to do. Like the road is clear. Just stay in the middle and drive right down the middle. And if you do that, you probably should be in a position where you're sitting back and watching everybody beat each
1: other up wildcard weekend. Game of the weekend, at least maybe as far as the, well, the later games, at least for sure, I'd say, but one of the games of the weekend, Chiefs 49ers, right? I mean, this is of huge interest to us here in Buffalo, the Chiefs going on the road to take on a 49ers team that lost at the Falcons last week, by the way. I think a lot of their kind of shininess kind of rubbed off a little bit last week, how they were Talked about one of these best teams in the league, but man, they're still one of the best defenses in the league. That's for sure. They give up a little bit to the Falcons last week, but I think the chiefs might struggle a little bit playing the 49ers who are coming back home after that loss. This is going to be super interesting. I think the chiefs smack them. Wow. All right. You got think, it. Right here. Always game day in Buffalo. Bull pick. Matt says chiefs smack. the do you, 49ers. Do, you, do you have the line in front of you? I don't have the line. Two and a half.
0: Two and a half. Yeah. Chiefs, chiefs are favored. Oh my God. Oh, i Uh, Maybe this is one of those things. Vegas knows something you're hammering. If you you would have asked me what the line was, even on the road, I think I would have said Chiefs seven and a half. Wow. I think the chiefs, I, I really do. I think there are, we talked about the quarterbacks. We talked about how it's Josh Allen, Jalen hurts, and then Patrick Mahomes. I think there is a massive drop off with top three teams in the league. I think it's Buffalo. I think it's Philly. I think it's Kansas city. And then there is a huge Mariana's trench between those three teams and everybody else. That's
1: really how I feel. Boy, I do think the Chiefs are better than the 49ers, but I think circumstances here are that the 49ers can can maybe win the game. Um, they'll, I think this will be a close game. They play really good defense and they like to, they're physical. They like to run the ball. The Chiefs are not a great defense. By the way, this line started off, believe it or not, it opened at one and it's at two and a half. It opened at one. Well, here's what. Oh, so here's what I'm going to say do, Are the Chiefs.
0: I I I think the Chiefs and the Bills offensively are close. A small edge to the Bills, sure. right? Yeah. Who has a better defense? The Bills or the 49ers?
1: I think the Bills do. The 49ers that's... statistically are right there, but the Bills have the better defense.
0: And I mean the Chiefs put up 20 points, they yep. had a missed field goal, they had an interception in the red zone. They had yep. another like they they could have just like the Bills probably should have put up 30, 35 against the Chiefs. The Chiefs probably should have put up 30 against the Bills. So, I think that that's a personally, I will never, ever bet
1: against the chiefs in those situations, unless, unless it's the bills. Are you called the chiefs kind of rolling over the 49ers? I'll call one. This isn't as bold of a pick. I think you might agree. I don't know. Let's see. I think Monday night, the Patriots are going to roll all over the Chicago bears. Oh, Patriots are, I hate to say it bills fans. They're starting to look like bill Belichick wanted them to look. They're doing everything that he envisioned and how we wanted to run this offense. It's not sexy, but they're distributing the ball. They're running really well. They're playing really good defense. And it kind of doesn't matter if it's Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones now.
0: Yeah. I think that they've impressed a lot of people up to this point. I think they've exceeded expectations. I think it's gotten to the point even where the AFC East might be the best division in the AFC, which I never thought we were going to say going into the season. I thought it was definitely going to be the AFC West, but I mean, we've spent all this time talking about how the Bills are the best team in the league. I think the Jets are way farther ahead than people thought they were going to be. I think the Patriots are much better than people thought they would be. And I think the Dolphins are right where people thought they were going to be. And now they're getting their quarterback back. So, yeah, I think that the Patriots are a good team. I think that it's going to be a really interesting race to see who finishes second in the AFC East. Cause I think that's the team that gets one of the wild card spots.
1: Well, this weekend on Sunday night might help determine that you were just talked about the dolphins and getting their quarterback back. Is that enough? And should they take care of the Pittsburgh Steelers? It's at the dolphins. It's Sunday night. The Steelers, they held Tom Brady in check in that Tampa Bay offense. Now they go on the road on a Sunday night. I believe by the way, they are honoring the um, anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the undefeated dolphins team that night. So hard rock stadium is going to be pretty jacked up. I would hammer the dolphins personally.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know what the line is. Same thing though. I, I don't think Pittsburgh's good. I think the Bucks are just, it's just weird. I don't trust the box really at all. It's right seven. Now. The line is seven. The line is seven. Yeah. yeah I would, I would think, I still think I would be comfortable laying that for the dolphins. I think they're, I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team, I, but I think they're a good team. I think they're a team that probably should be in the playoffs.
1: All right. Just uh, the wrap up, a couple games we can gloss over, and just touch on that. We didn't spend too much time on Seahawks at chargers. Do, do the chargers have any chance of losing this one? I guess when you play like offense, the way you did the last, last week, you never know what can happen. I would think they'd win, but you never know, I guess.
0: Yeah. I think they'll bounce back. I
1: trust them a little bit. Well, actually, no, I don't trust them. I trust Justin Herbert. I don't trust the chargers. Uh, Brian Dables giants are going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Does he go six and one? No,
0: he doesn't. Yeah. I think
1: it's a, I think it's a little
0: bit of a letdown game after a really big win in the last couple weeks. I think the Jags are a young, fu- I mean, shout out to the giants too, for being similar, but I, I think the Jags are better than how they played in the second half against the Colts
1: Cowboys and two host the lions. One and four Dak Prescott is back. Do they just roll them or do the lions keep you know, other than that game against the Patriots, keep playing kind of offense and scoring points the way they were.
0: Yeah, the Lions are weird because they started so well, putting up a bunch of points. Then they had a couple stinkers mixed in. So I don't know. I think, yeah, the Cowboys win. I just don't know by
1: how much. Yeah, by the way, I didn't give my thoughts. I'll also say the Dolphins should win that game, but I do give the Steelers a puncher's chance. I like the way they played against the Buccaneers. I think the Chargers should handle the Seahawks. I also like the Jaguars in that game. I think the Cowboys take care of the Lions pretty good. The Lions. Okay. No pun intended paper tigers. I think in a lot of ways for the Lions, their defense is so bad. Uh, Dak coming back. They're going to get pretty jacked up there. The bill's next opponent, the Packers go to the commanders. Will they be coming off a win or a loss? The Packers are three and three commanders are two and four. Aaron Rodgers talking about simplifying the offense and Matt LaFleur is like, I don't know. You got to ask Aaron what he thinks a little bit of strife going on in green Bay.
0: I think it's good for the bills because I think the Packers are going to kick the crap out of the commanders. And then it's going to seem like, okay, maybe they're fixed. Maybe they're better. And then they're going to have a night and day difference with going from the commanders to the bills. So I think that the Packers are going to win. And then it's exciting because uh, I can see my friend Aaron next week.
1: (laughs) That's really nice. Final game uh, real quick. Buccaneers at Panthers bucks, right? They're going to win this game. They're going to, I mean, I can't imagine the Carolina Panthers are beating yeah. the Bucs. Are the, are the Panthers going to tank the rest of the year? Uh, yeah, probably. They're, they're bad. They're, probably. They, they already sold off Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. They might, they might, if if they, if they trade Christian McCaffrey, that's the sign, right? That they're doing that. Christian McCaffrey and
0: DJ Moore, DJ Moore, DJ Moore. I mean, DJ Moore is a really interesting one. I know okay. a lot of people oh, are oh. talking about him on social media.
1: Let me, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Let me ask you this. Cause it before it leaves my brain. Um, DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, who has now asked for a trade out of New York, apparently. Odell Beckham Jr. Which of the three would you rather the Bills add if they could have one of them on their team? What does it cost to get DJ Moore? Um in whatever it is, it's not it's and nothing that you have to you know, it's nothing you're gonna, you know, go crazy on. Like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Whatever it is. DJ Moore. I think so too.
0: I think DJ Moore is a really good player in a really bad situation. But But I love Elijah Moore. I think he's really good. So do I, I don't think it's realistic because it's in the division. I I just don't, I just don't see that. Oh, I agree with with a young player. I love the idea of Odell because I think that it's kind of a free lottery ticket and it doesn't really hurt you at all. But if it's not going to be some massive asset for DJ Moore, then I think I would do that. He's still young. He's healthy. He's never had a good quarterback. He would not have to be the guy. Like, talk about another potential mismatch. He can also stretch the field. I know Gabe Davis can stretch the field, but he can do a little bit of everything. He can run every route. So, yeah, I, I like DJ Moore a lot.
1: And I'm just looking at his. Oh, and he's still under contract for three more years after this. By the way, the only problem is his base salary. Oh my gosh, close to twenty million next year. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's know that. wild. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I didn't know
0: that. All right. I still think it's DJ Moore. But Elijah Moore is on a rookie contract, by the way. <laughs> Elijah Moore is going to cost somebody probably a, at minimum a second round pick.
1: Probably. But we'll see where it all goes. Trade deadline comes up a little bit after the Packers game. But before that, we have a whole nother week to talk about the Bills. We are in the bye week. Matt, good luck on your surgery. Uh, Thanks. Is that going to preclude you from uh, doing the podcast next no, week? No, it's going to actually so, right?
0: encourage me to do it more because <laughs> I'm going to have nothing to do. I'm just going to be sitting there. I don't really know. I'm not a big binge TV show guy. I very rarely okay. find a show and just binge it and watch it nonstop. So I'm going to have to find things to keep me busy. So I'm imagining I'm going
1: to be itching to do the pot. Just do what um what I used to do as a kid, just watch game shows all day. When I was off from school as a kid, I would watch game shows all day.
0: I can tell you the price is right down at 11. See? I remember that. I yeah. used to, every basically like every day, we went to my grandmother's house and she watched us as my parents went to work. And I always remember that we would watch – Price is right at 11. And then she would have lunch ready for us during the showcase showdown. And I remember thinking like, why are we eating lunch at 1145? (laughs) And then remembering that that poor woman had probably been up since like 4am and she wasn't staying up past seven. So 1145 to her
1: was like 245 to me. That's a good grandma though. That's great. All right, Matt, have a great weekend, buddy. Um, it's going to be warm, but seriously, good luck on your foot surgery and have I'm fun sure in New York. everybody. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk to you next time next week on it's always game day in Buffalo.